99 drinks still left to go Welcome all in and enjoy the show It's me though, with I'm the host You know, so sit back, relax, grab a snack and let's go No my hooky my welcome in or welcome back to the 99 Dreams podcast. I am your host, Rawri Rapai, and today we have a very, very special episode. Today's podcast episode is special because we are talking about the significance of Waitangi Day. Also, before we even dive in, did you know that there are two documents? Not just an English version and a Māori translation, but two totally separate documents. Well, Fano, today we're talking about how important it is for us to familiarize ourselves with both Te Tiriti o Waitangi and the Treaty of Waitangi. As such, I'll be referring to each document by its name, Te Tiriti o Waitangi, or the Treaty of Waitangi. This is so you get used to me referring to them as two separate documents, especially if this is your first time learning that there are two separate versions and not just a direct translation of the English version. But before we get started, I do have a disclaimer to make. I just want to acknowledge that yes, although I have done some research and compiled my evidence, and yes, I am Māori, I whakapapa tu taranaki, te ateawa, e ngati maru, yet this is still just one person's mind opinion on the matter i do not speak on behalf of all maori i'm not a representative of all maori nor do i speak on behalf of my iwi hapu or Fano. these alone are my thoughts and opinions only okay so don't get it twisted i'm not speaking on behalf of all maori only myself and yes there might be different events that occurred that i don't quite flesh out this is just to give you an overall gist of the significance of Waitangi Day and how those documents, the Waitangi documents, relate to different events throughout our history. So, like I said, I'm just trying to share some information I have learned so you can better understand the significance of this public holiday and why it's not a really a day to be celebrated. Instead, it's a day of commemoration. So let's dive in. Waitangi Day is commemorated on the 6th of Feb. It marks the signing of the Waitangi documents at Waitangi in 1840, which established a relationship between Māori and the British Crown in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Might not have been a good one, but a relationship was established. It is a day of national significance and a time for reflection on the history and future of our country. But before we get to the Waitangi documents, let's backtrack a little bit and take a look at He Whakaputanga o Rangatira o New Tirini, also known as the Declaration of Independence here in Aotearoa. So before the signing of the Waitangi documents, Māori had already declared their independence through He Whakaputanga, the Māori Declaration of Independence, which was signed in 1835 by the Northern Tribes of Aotearoa. It consisted of four articles and aimed to assert sovereign power and authority that resided with Te Whakameninga Confederation of United Tribes. This document was created out of necessity for Māori due to the growing population of colonial settlers arriving in Aotearoa. My understanding is that the northern iwi were the ones who signed this document because the northern parts of Aotearoa were the places of primary occupation for the settlers. 
Although the British Crown and colonial settlers at the time failed to recognise Hefa Kaputanga as a legal and binding document. But what is important, I believe, is this quote that I'm about to read because it establishes what Māori know and understand as absolute independence. Now this word, you may know it to mean sovereignty, where I see it to mean absolute independence. The quote is as follows from he whakaputanga. Ko te tino rangatiratanga o ngā hapu katoa o nu tirini. Me ona tikanga katoa, kia kaua e riro, kia kaua e hoko, e kore tukua atu hei utu mō ngā taonga katoa. Mō ngā mea katoa i hokona i ngā wāmua, i ngā wā o ngā kingi, o ngā memara, o ngā kōti penua, o ngā tangata katoa o ingarani, ko tēnei anō te tikanga me te wakaro pūmau mō tēnei ka wanatanga katoa. Translated, this text reads, The full sovereignty and all its customs of all tribes of New Zealand shall not be lost, nor shall it be sold or given away as payment for all treasures or all things that were brought in past times. In the times of the kings, the governors, the land courts, all the people of England, this shall be the permanent principle and steadfast intention for this governance. From this text in He Whakaputanga asserts Māori sovereignty and the right to self-governance and makes clear that Māori sovereignty cannot be sold, lost or given away to anyone. The use of the term tenoranga tiratanga, absolute independence or full sovereignty, reflects the importance placed on Māori control over their own land and destiny. I'm also not from up north, so I don't have detailed accounts of he whakaputanga on hand, but it is still such an important document to understand as we move into learning a little about the Waitangi documents. Also, I'll link down below where you can find he whakaputanga and do a little bit of reading yourself, if that's what you're interested in. As well, I'll link down the uh, Waitangi documents. Kapai, Awesome. Te Tereti o Waitangi and the Treaty of Waitangi are two separate documents signed on the same day in 1840. The Treaty of Waitangi is the English document containing three articles. I will summarise for you guys what each of the treaty articles meant because they're quite lengthy. So, yeah, I think they kept it lengthy and broad so it wasn't quite specific enough for them to, you know, have anything bad happen to them later on. Well, unlucky. Article 1 guarantees Māori full and exclusive possession of their lands, forests, fisheries and other properties. Article 2 states that they cede sovereignty to the British Crown while guaranteeing Māori the protection of their land and resources. And Article 3 is about the British Crown granting governance. And Article 3 is about the British Crown being granted governance over New Zealand while guaranteeing Māori the rights and privilege of British subjects, ensuring equal rights and protections under the law. 
It establishes a framework for Māori and non-Māori to live together as a united nation while retaining cultural distinctiveness. Interesting. Entangled in these articles are the principles of the treaty, uh, which are often referred to as the three Ps. They are partnership. Partnership between Māori and the Crown with mutual obligations. Protection. Protection of Māori rights and interests. And thirdly, participation. Māori participation in decision making. <laughs> Low. So the English version seems pretty straightforward to us, right? Even though I've summarised it a lot, you get, you get an understanding of what you're about to sign if you were to sign this document, no? You understand that, oh sweet, Māori, participate in decision-making, protection of their rights and interests, their land and protection of their resources is, is sweet as, right? Well, most Māori in 1840 couldn't read, speak, or write in English, which is why I hope hypothesize that a psychological concept known as social influence unknowingly played a part in their sight. Maybe. Just throwing it out there to cause a bit of controversy and stir the pot, I guess. So yes, there are other factors, but this is also a concept that adds an interesting layer to those already complex documents. Social influence is, as you would expect, People conforming to perceived societal norms, seeing other dignified chiefs signing their mark may have prompted others who may not have been as willing to make that sign signing because they wanted to uphold those relationships that they had amongst each other, therefore may have felt compelled to give their mark and place their signature on this document. Again, this is only a theory I've thrown out there to create healthy conversation about the Waitangi documents and hopefully get you to look into it yourself if you're not convinced, because that's what this is about. Trying to promote healthy education and people actually going and doing some education themselves, reading up about these documents instead of taking everyone's word as gospel. Carpi. So the worst case scenario here is that people go out, do their own research, like I said, to prove me wrong and, you know, help educate me because that's what I'm after. I'm trying to learn from other people who are just as intelligent or maybe even more intelligent than I am. Who knows? But if you can come out there and add some more layers to this corridor and help, you know, deepen the knowledge and understanding that we as a people of Aotearoa can have. Te Te Reteo Waitangi is the exclusively Māori document written in Te Reo Māori Anake, in Te Reo only, and signed by the Crown to become a legally binding document here in Aotearoa. The articles are as follows. These ones I'm going to write, uh, read out because they're not as long as the English ones, so I don't need to summarise them. However, I'll read all three in Māori first, and then I'll go and talk about what they mean. Um, I'm not going to translate them, I'm just going to talk about what those articles mean. Come on. Article 1. Ko te kwini o ingarangi ki ka wakarite ka wakai i a Māori kato ngā tikanga kato o rātou wenua o rātou kainga me ngā ware me ngā kainga kato. Article 2. Ka hoaina tēnei tiriti Hei tino ranga tiratanga mō ngā iwi katoa o New Tirani. 
kia wakaritia ai ko ngā iwi katoa o Nūtirini, hei tangata takitahi e tika ana mō te tino rangatiratanga o rātou wenua me o rātou taonga katoa. That's an interesting article right there. We'll come back to. Article 3 says, Ka whakawātea e te kweni o ingarangi ka tukua atu ki ngā iwi katoa o Nūtirini, ngā tikanga katoa o te karauna o ingarangi mō o rātou wenua, mō o rātou kāinga, mō o rātou taonga katoa. If you understand the real Māori, you'll know what that means and so you probably won't need me to give you the summarised version of the translations. However, Article 1 guarantees Māori full and exclusive possession of their lands and resources. Article 2 recognises Māori as distinct peoples with full authority over their lands and resources. And Article 3 grants Māori the rights and privileges of British subjects while maintaining tenoranga tiratanga, they cede only kawanatanga, governance, not sovereignty. Remember that. And there's that word again, tenoranga tiratanga, absolute independence and sovereignty. Article 2 states that we retain that sovereignty or absolute independence right and now the crowd have seen that word twice on two separate documents he whakaputanga and te tiriti o waitangi and yet they still don't understand its meaning we know that can't be true now right the negligence of the crown to understand and recognize the requests of Māori is evident and historical events will show the crown's negligence to participate as partners to protect Māori rights and interests. I'm not a lawyer, so I definitely can't give a law breakdown for you guys, but those are the facts. Dispute it if you'd like, but the history of this country is there. It's factual, it happened. It's not a myth and a legend. By now, also, if you're a riled up hater, you probably say, but you're white, you must have Pākehā blood in you, why are you complaining? I'm not complaining, I'm just relaying some of the facts and information about Waitangi Day that requires me going over historical injustices, highlighting where the crown failed Māori. Now, the historical events that transpired post-signing of the Waitangi documents further show the true intent behind the signing of the Waitangi documents. And I'm about to outline a few of our nation's historical events that showcase the Crown's negligence. I will admit beforehand, the Crown has acknowledged and apologised for some of those horrific tragedies. But if I broke your favourite object that was irreplaceable and don't apologise until years later, would you be happy with that? Food for thought, Fano. Food for thought. Despite the promises signed in Te Tiriti o Waitangi by the Crown, often neglected was the mana of Tenoranga Tiratanga, Māori independence. Some examples of this is in the New Zealand uh, land wars of the 1860s. March 28, 1860, at Wairika in Taranaki, there was a conflict over a disputed piece of land that resulted in the death of over 30 people, mostly Māori. 
This battle marked the start of a series of wars and conflicts between the government and Māori about te rangatiratanga over land ownership and themselves that lasted throughout the 19th and early 20th centuries. As the Crown sought to consolidate its control over the country and accommodate the needs of European settlers. Another extreme example of the Crown failing Māori happened at Pariaka, November 5th, 1881. November 5th. Sounds like a familiar date. Sounds like a day we celebrate Guy Fawkes, a known wannabe terrorist in the UK. No significance to Aotearoa, and yet we don't really learn too much about what happened to the people of Pariaka on November 5th in 1881. This happened 41 years after the signing of the Waitangi documents. The peaceful people of Pariaka were forcibly removed from their settlement in a government-led invasion and occupation of Pariaka. This happened because of an aggressive government buy-up of Māori land in Taranaki for colonial settlers. However, the Crown invasion was met with peaceful resistance, led by Te Whiti Orungumai and Tohu Kākahi. Te Whiti and Tohu refused to sell their lands, and the government responded to this refusal, to this refusal with an invasion of troops to occupy the village. The same method Putin used when he decided to invade Ukraine. The troops arrested the leaders of the resistance and took control of Pariaka. Vladimir Putin destroying Ukraine. Same, same, isn't it? They never knew, the leaders of Pariaka, at the time, how significant their resistance to colonisation and confiscation of land was. Because now, the actions of Te Whiti and Tohu are remembered as a symbol of resilience and peaceful confrontation. In recent decades, Māori have begun to reclaim what was promised to them in Te Tete Waitangi through peaceful protests and activism. One notice, notable example is Dame Fina Cooper's Not One More Acre campaign in 1975, in which she led a hikoi, or march, from the far north to Parliament in Wellington to protest the ongoing loss of Māori land. This protest was a result of the government's program to acquire land in the Auckland area, and it was an aggressive program. Most of these land sites were allowed by Māori to the government as training sites for the military during the war. However, the government saw a lot of these opportunities as a time to claim it as a gift from Māori. As such, they thought they'd retain these sites forever. However, if you want to find out more about this, there is a film out, it is called Fina, that shows the life of this legendary wā'ine, Dane Fina Cooper, and the events of Bastion Point, which is another reason why that hikoi went from far north all the way down to Parliament in Wellington. But again, search up on the internet if you're not looking to watch this movie at all, and you'll find out a little bit more about this. But you would think the government would pull back on its rapid acquisition of Māori land and resistance toward Māori maintaining rangatiratanga over their taonga. You would think the government would pull back on its rapid acquisition of Māori land and resistance towards Māori maintaining rangatiratanga over their taonga. However, it continued.
The same foreshore protests of the 1990s and 2000s also brought attention to Māori rights over their traditional land and resources, with many Māori fighting to have their rights recognised and protected. As well as this, more recently we have seen the events at Iho Mātau, again undermine the power of kotaitanga, unity and the power of the people, who have simply had enough of being undermined and are beyond ready to be treated as partners, as required by the official documents of Aotearoa, more specifically the English version, to provide protection, participation. Come on. You can find out more about these events and so many more because there are these aren't the only cases throughout Aotearoa. There are the people of Tuhoi who have had to endure tremendous pain as did many other iwi throughout Aotearoa. But again, search online if you wish to go further into it. But for years, this is what Māori have had to deal with. Failed promises by the Crown, and continued loss, and in some cases, theft of land. The Treaty of Waitangi Act 1975 established a Waitangi tribunal to hear and investigate Māori claims of treaty breaches. And since then, there have been numerous settlements of historical treaty claims and resurgence of Māori culture, language and rights. The Crown has done a lot to try and redress the wrongdoings of the past and sadly those atrocities fall on the shoulder of whoever takes the seat of Prime Minister. But until we see equity for Māori in all aspects and spaces, I don't think the government can ever be forgiven. But we can learn from this, adapt as we always have, stay resilient like our tipuna, and just overcome everything that they throw at us. I also think, if I could, I would thank those of our ancestors that signed Te 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 Waitangi, because I think they had us in mind when they signed it. They must have thought that the Crown would act in good faith, as they expect us to act in good faith. Because I believe they wanted to give us a world better than what they saw and a future beyond whatever they could dream of. Much like what our parents would want for us. And for that, I'm grateful. But never forget our ancestors never gave up Te Roranga As David Gray says in his song, Te Roranga We will never surrender our mana. Tinoranga Tira Tanga. Bana, go check it out. It's on YouTube and Spotify. David Grayson and Justice. The lyrics in that song were super powerful, but that phrase there just always rings true, you know. We will never, ever surrender our mana. We will never surrender Tinoranga Tira Tanga. That is the one thing we will never, ever give up. So be thankful, Fano. For our tūpuna have given us more than the crown could ever take away. And it is important, Fano, for all who reside in Aotearoa, New Zealand, to familiarise themselves with both Te Tiriti o Waitangi and the Treaty of Waitangi. And for the experts, go ahead and read He Whakaputanga to gain even more understanding and context to the Waitangi documents. Because understanding the history context and language used in the Waitangi documents as well as the preceding document, He Whakaputanga, 
is essential for building a better future for our country and for the reconciliation between Māori and the Crown. So whānau, as we enjoy our day off, or if you're working, time and a half, spare a moment to think of our ancestors who laid the foundation for us to be able to stand tall and be proud because we have a resilience like no other. Be proud to be Māori. Be proud to be Tangata Tiriti because you understand the wrongs and you want to see the world made right. Be proud of this nation that together we can build it into the visions that our tūpuna had for us. Because it was them who fought the battles, who questioned the crown, who wrote in such a way that defined our tiriti to be utilised by us and future generations to right the wrongs. And finally, as I wrap up this kōrero, remember, they never signed away tīnoranga tīratanga. We will never surrender our mana. We will never, ever give that up, whānau. Remember that. Never give up your soul independence. Thank you so much for sticking around, whānau. I know this is a bit of a different podcast to that, uh, to one that I normally would do, but I think, you know, it's important to get this kind of stuff out there uh, to make sure that people understand that there are two documents there is the English version and there is a Māori document and that they are not the same thing. So Fano, take care over this long weekend. Thank you so much for sticking around. As always, I'm Rawuri, the host of the 99 Dreams podcast. Comment, subscribe, share and like it if you want Fano. Take care and Māori ora.